Uh, welcome back, friends and scoundrels. I'm Bran. I'm Sarah. Robbie. And this is Horror in the Hills, Movies with My Monsters, where I watch horror movies with my kids and then we talk about it afterwards. So today we're talking about Scream 5, because it should be called that. It's stupid. How much more meta do you really need to be with your movie? <laughs> they talked about that with Scream 8. Stab eight in the movie. Right? God, now I sound like a toxic fan. <laughs> Already, right off the bat. <laughs> How much more meta does this need? <laughs> Alright, so anyways, we're talking about Scream 2022, also known as Scream 5, because that is how I am going to put it up. I don't care what the official title is. It's stupid. It and I'm not going to call it Five Cream, because that's stupid too. Sorry, Halloweenies. And everybody else out there. You were saying something? Uh, it kind of confused me. Because I was looking for Scream 5. Right, like, that's that's one of the things, and that's kind of the point of talking about it, right? Yeah. In the movie, is that, like, Halloween 2018, you have to go this extra distance to differentiate it from the original Halloween because they have the same title. And whatever other movies have done that. Yeah. It's okay to, maybe, if you wanted to be different, include a subtitle. Or, you know, you're creating a new new branch of this franchise. Maybe just change the name. Right. Would that be bad? No. No. Would it be wrong to maybe call it Woodsboro? No. 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 <laughs> no. Dear listener. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, it, it's just, I don't know why we ended up here. Like, that was supposed to just be a joke, but I guess it's part of the conversation, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, like, you know, Halloween 2018, for an example, why not call it Halloween the Shape? Since that's how um, Michael Myers is referred to in the original movie. That's his credit. He's not credited as Michael Myers. He's credited as the shape. Or even spirit of the shape. Or something. Yeah. Um, this one could be Scream Woodsboro. And then, alright, we're going with the Woodsboro title. Right. I, I think that would be a cool idea. Because then it takes the impetus off of Sydney. And now makes it about the town. Since. Kind of like it isn't it. Kind of. Yeah. That, you know, there's something with this town now that, that, um, this keeps happening. That would be a fun idea. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to worry about bringing yeah. Sydney back anymore, you know, because let's be honest, the last couple movies, number four wasn't as egregious, right? Yeah. As far as forcing her in, there was a valid reason for her to be back. Yeah. Um, this one, though, we're just pulling her back because legacy characters. Yeah. And you could have had that cameo of her going, you know what? Nah, I'm good. Or done some other stuff. Yeah. Okay, so, um, as we started with the last one, this is more driven by you guys, questions that you have. You know, we're, we're a little bit better about this. So, and I made you guys take notes this time. Yeah. 
because we watched it originally. We've had some issues, personal scheduling issues, trying to get recorded. Yeah. Um, so I had to watch it again. Mm-hmm. And that's when you guys took notes. So, and apologies to anybody who's following along, like the 40 people. Um, sorry that we haven't been better at keeping up. We did fall off schedule. Like I said, it's just personal scheduling conflicts and trying to get life ordered. So. I picked up on something the second time watching it. Did you? Uh, <laughs> I forget what his name was. The guy who was murdered in the parking lot. Vince? Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently he was related to Stu. Yep. And I didn't pick up on that the first time. So, that's one of the things that I think to push that button for a lot of people is where Scream kind of fits into this elevated horror thing. Yeah. I wrote some rules for that. Um, do you want to explore them now or do you want to wait? Do them now. Robbie? What? Do it now or wait? Do it now. Okay. So, uh, let's see here. Elevated horror. Um, some of my ideas on it. What, what do you guys think elevated horror is? I mean, uh, you're kind of new to horror, so it's we haven't really explored some of those titles that have, we haven't had a chance to explore some of those titles that have been dropped yet. Like supernatural? I forget how they explain it in the movie. So it's generally movies that are trying to make a comment on things. Yeah. Right? And right. um they're not reliant heavily on blood and gore and in a lot of cases sex, although newer movies have gotten away from that. Yeah. Uh what else? Um, so one of the things I, I think helps this elevated horrors, you know, it's got a lot of pieces from a lot of different subgenres, but it doesn't really explicitly fit into one of those. Yeah. So it's got a little bit of, like, um, Midsummer. We haven't watched that yet, but it's got slasher elements, but it's also cultish and supernatural and a whole bunch of other things that are melded fairly equally, so it doesn't really fit in any of those other categories. Right. Has a defining message. So it's it's actively, the, the metaphor of the movie is trying to say something specifically. Okay. Uh, and then I didn't, oh, I did get it in here. And... Um, some aspects of the movie take on different meanings Mm -hmm. on after you've watched it once and you know what's going on going back and watching it a second time you pay attention to it differently it's take things that happen in the movie have a different meaning like um, for example with this because I'm going to say that this movie fits into elevated horror a little bit. I think Scream has always kind of fit into elevated horror now that we have this title to apply to it. Yeah. Because it's always been, just been considered a slasher. But 
these movies are also trying to say something, right? Yeah. And then when you go back and watch them, you have things to pay attention to now. So like this, Amber's protectiveness of Tara. Right. So first watch, think, oh, she's just a really protective friend. Right. But now, is she protecting her to maintain that virgin status, the virgin archetype? Is she just keeping her alive for, you know, is she just being protective of her to keep her away from people for, you know, story purposes? Her story purposes, not, you know, the movie's story. Yeah. You know, different things that people say. I, I watched it again today myself. Just, I literally just got done watching it. Um, just to kind of refresh myself a little bit, but I wasn't really paying attention. I was painting minis too. <laughs> uh, so, do you, do you think that fits? Yeah. And I'm still playing with this a little bit. So these rules aren't defined, which is, you know, playing on this idea of rules for horror movies a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> and there's plenty of other movies. I don't want to get into too many of them because I want to potentially spoil stuff for you. Back to why, like, about them calling it Scream instead of Scream 5. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a little exaggerated in the movie with Stab 8 because it was all over the top, different costume, flamethrowers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it, that's maybe kind of poking fun at it yeah. a little bit. Because most of the movies that have done this, any of the movies that have done this, like, I, I would say Friday the 13th fits this a little bit too. Um, not a, a franchise you're familiar with yet, because it gets into things that I want to hold off you guys watching. Okay. But I, I consider Friday the 13th, the reboot, 2009 to be in this requel area that has the same title, even though it's called a reboot, because it does kind of play off of the original movie or original Friday the 13th, and it's maybe even its sequel yeah. in a lot of ways, without getting too in-depth with you guys. <laughs> I can explore that later on when we get to those. So, what else? Robbie, what do you want to talk about? Well, the thing that I caught on the most is that, uh, to my point of view, everybody was more of an idiot in this one than in the first couple. How so? Uh, because in one scene, and this is on one of my other notes too, uh, do we where do we went out to shoot uh the killer in the hospital um he stops to answer the phone mm. yeah see i i agree with you i have a little bit of a problem with that one too um a little bit just because i think story-wise it could have been done better think they might have just been trying to do that to kill Dewey because he was getting old. Maybe to make room for new people. Yeah. But I, um, I, I think Dewey's death is important too because I think a lot of the fans, the the longtime fans, expected Sydney to die. Yeah. 
And, like, there's a little bit of expectation with Dewey, too. But, like, you know one of these legacy characters is going to die, right? Yeah. So, I think Dewey was chosen a large in a large way because it would have a more emotional impact. Yeah. Despite there being some expectation. I think there is a heavier expectation for Sydney to die because she has gone through so many, and this is unusual for a final girl. Right. To survive this long through her franchise. Yeah. Because, like, the only other one that's coming close now is Laurie Strode, and that's botched and modeled because of how disruptive that timeline is. Right. Because, like, Laurie Strode in Halloween survives the first one, and into the second one and then they kill her off screen because Jamie Lee Curtis was moving on with her career didn't want to be attached with horror because it was you know looked down upon at that time right. in, her, in, in our society and then we reboot the franchise a little bit with H2O and she's back so we've got a third movie now that she survives through and then that gets rebooted again and then we get 2018 where she is so she, but that only directly ties to the original one and franchise is stupid anyways <laughs> so you know now she's only she's only got three movies that she's survived through now right but like I say I think there's just more of an emotional attachment Dewey's fan favorite in a lot of ways he was just supposed to kind of be a background character, but people liked him so much that they just had to keep bringing him back. Mm. I had a counterpoint to everybody was being a bit more stupid because I noticed at the end, I think Sam bit Richie, mm. and and they don't really do that, and the and they. And he didn't really fight back in the first two or three. Not as much. Sydney beats the crap out of Billy and Stu. And she beats the crap out of Miss Loomis. Mickey doesn't really get a chance for them to fight him because Miss Loomis comes on and shoots him right away. Right. Um, the third one, she... Like, the fight between her and Roman is brutal. Yeah, but like the other people. Hmm. Well, it, those first ones are really about Sydney, anyways, right? Yeah. Because Gail often gets, oh, I didn't even realize that. Gail gets incapacitated a lot. Dewey gets incapacitated a lot. You know, he's been stabbed nine times. Yeah. Hmm. And also. I'm just, he gets stabbed nine times, and the next movie in the Stab franchise would be Stab Nine, which is what would presumably. which this movie would be. The, the premise for that and you know supposed to be things I'm noticing as we're talking right now that's kind of funny yeah. <laughs> but like they keep making that emphasis on stab yeah because like not as like people being stabbed in the original movies isn't really as big of a thing as right as the movie stab would have you believe but there is a lot of stabbing in this movie. Right. And they, they do make an emphasis. She was stabbed. 
Stabbed seven times. I was stabbed nine times. Yeah. Sorry. Brain's on. Brain's working. (laughs) (laughs) The gears are returning. All right, go ahead, Robbie. So, I also noticed more stupidity when uh, Wes was killed because instead of reaching for his weapons to try to fight back, he should have kicked the killer and then grabbed one of his weapons. Or done it to, or grabbed it on the way to check the door. Well, I mean, at that point, he didn't really have any reason himself to feel suspicious of anything, right? Right. So, to counter that, um, for this, this is one of my problems that I have with people talking about horror movies, is that it's easy for us as the audience who aren't in these moments to, you know, think, oh, I would have done that, I would have done this instead, they should have done this, right? But when you're in that moment, when you're in flight or flight and your adrenaline's kicked in, if you're in flight mode, it shuts the fight part of your brain off. And you'll do uh, desperate, you'll take desperate actions a lot of times instead of rational actions like kick him to get away. You'll, oh, weapon, weapon will help me because they have a weapon. Even if it costs you time to get to that weapon, your brain's not thinking that. Or in this case, I said fight or flight, right? And he's in flight mode. But he's, you know, in fight mode, you're not going to think of... My, my point is that your brain doesn't react the way you would expect it to react in these moments, especially if you're not actually trained. Like there's a loose implication that maybe he is trained a little bit by his mom, but not. Also, I'm going to say probably not really that she tells him to do all these things, but has she actually taken the time to show him how to and gone through scenarios? We see this a lot with police. Yeah. And military Military people, not so much because they get much better training on it and they go through scenarios over and over and over again. And it's while they're not using live ammo, it is a live scenario where paintballs or airsoft guns or something. So, you know, something that won't cause you damage, but will still, it has a consequence. Yeah. Um, That they shut down in moments sometimes because even with some training you you react a lot differently right and, you know having training I've seen this um, going through those scenarios I've had to deal with this sometimes and even with the scenarios like you could go through 10 or 20 or 100 of them but when it's real your brain does other things right and it overrides you and it just, it, it really bothers me because for the vast majority of people, you don't know what you're going to do until you're in that moment and you're doing it. Yeah. So something to keep in mind. Like, I don't ever think that people are making bad, stupid decisions in movies because I've seen people shut down. I know that people shut down. I know that you react completely differently than what you think you would. Right. I mean, there's situations where, despite my training, despite my how solid I think my brain is, 
there's been moments where I'm in a rush and I don't think of things. Right. So like when mommy and I went camping last year, Mm -hmm. really big windstorm, practically blew the tent over. I was trying to fight the wind and hold the tent up. Mommy had the idea to break the tent down so that way it would lay on the ground. It was staked in well enough it wasn't going to go anywhere, the wind wasn't going to take it, but yeah, I didn't have that idea. Mommy did, partially because she'd been through this before. She's been camping a lot more than I have. But again, despite my creativeness and my, my ability to think about things on the spot, yeah, I didn't think to tear the tent down. And that's nothing compared to an actual life and death situation. Yeah. Make sense? Mm-hmm. So does that change how you view some of the stupidity? Because yeah. like Dewey with the phone call, that is kind of stupid. Like you're in the moment. He's been through this enough. He should know better. But again, maybe you're so far into the moment that that unexpected thing Mm-hmm. does cause you to go, whoa, wait, what's going on? Oh, Sherlock Holmes, a game of shadows. They do that, right? That's how he figures out... That's what they do to figure out who the killer is. Right. Do you remember that one? Or who the assassin is? So they're at this big party, and everybody's acting the way they're supposed to. So if somebody is in acting mode... The theory, the, the theory here is that they'll be so in character that a disruption, that, that they wouldn't react to a disruption. So they cause the disruption to see who it is. Right. Which is kind of counter to what I was just saying. But if you think about it, it's still true because Dewey's not acting. He's caught up in the moment. What do I say? If you want to scare me, you have to catch me when I'm really into yeah. my own little world. So that disruption would pull him out of that and be a distraction. Yeah. I still think it's kind of stupid. Uh, I have, I've been thinking about this a lot. 99% sure is not 100. And there could still be that 1% chance that it goes differently than you, you expect. Uh, For what? Just... What are we referring to here? <laughs> what we were just talking about, or are you referencing something in the movie? Uh, I'm where, like, when we go to ask mom for something, I think about this, and I noticed it in a scene in the movie, but I don't remember what triggered it. What's okay. 99% sure is not... I'm not sure, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember offhand either. Like, I feel like I should, but I'm not. I feel like it's something like when they're trying to figure out who the killer is, or with Mindy and Liv toward the end. Yeah, I really don't remember. Yeah. Anything that I was paying attention to, I was paying attention to other stuff. Right. Was it like in... The end with the scene with Richie where he asked about his ending and then he got killed? No. It might have been something saying 
someone saying they were sure of something, but not fully oh, sure. With, um, oh, I think it was in the basement with Mindy and Amber. Mm. That would make a little bit of sense. Yeah. But you're right, there is that little bit of uncertainty. I do that a lot, right? Yeah. What's What's my usual numbers? 85%, 95%. Yeah. Yeah. So, if I'm if I say I'm 95%, that's giving myself 5% chance to be wrong. Yeah. Kind of covering my butt a little bit. Excuse me. But if I'm at 95%, in my brain I'm at 100. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just covering myself a little bit. But like 85% is more is a lot more accurate for me. Right. Because I'm there is a greater deal of uncertainty. But if you're like ninety nine percent sure of something, there's still the one one percent chance that you're wrong. Yeah. One yep. percent could be a lot sometimes. What else do you got, Robbie? That's pretty much it for me. Yeah. What, is that all you have? Yeah. So, I suppose we'll talk about the other things. What did you guys think about this movie overall? Uh, I thought it was really good covering up who the killer was. Because we're used to a cloned phone, right? Mm-hmm. But they used Amber's actual phone. And then to said try it was and cover it up. To try and cover it up. I thought that was really clever. Mm. I hated this movie. <laughs> I never want to watch it again. Why? <laughs> and they make... Oh, sorry. Uh, Is it because they killed Dewey? <laughs> <laughs> And they made Richie such a fun character that you didn't really Oh my god. Right, so playing on that idea of the meta-ness, right? Yeah. It's a bummer, it's me. It was a bummer! Yeah. I I really liked his character. They killed everybody's favorite character and then made the other fun one the killer. Right? Yeah. (laughs) So, question comes up a lot of times. If you were to do a Shining remake, who would you cast? I think Richie. Jack Quaid would be great for a Jack Torrance. Especially, like, if you did it right now, because he's about the right age, instead of getting old man Jack, who's, like, 40 or 50 when they made that movie, the original one. Right. Um, he's just, he's got the personality to be likable and to be a guy who, you know, is trying to make changes, but then can become really scary. Yeah. Like, Alan Tudyk would be good too, but he's too, he's out of the correct age range now. Yeah. At least as far as I think, what do I know? (laughs) (laughs) Did you have something you were going to say? Yes. Do you remember what it was? No. (laughs) So did you guys have it? Have the killers figured out at uh, any point? 
I did think it was Amber. I don't know why. It was just kind of a gut feeling. I knew it was Amber. But I was trying to fill out, figure out the backup killer. Why do you think it was Amber? Uh, because when there was this, the beginning scene, there was the video with the knife and Amber. Not yeah. a phone call or, or anything. Well, so I was thinking about that too. And again, I didn't really pay real close attention. Um, I was kind of paying attention, but I did think that you could still FaceTime that and have a video and it does look um, a lot dirtier than it should as a FaceTime video. Yeah. Or whatever over the phone video chat you're using. Because if you're doing a direct video chat, it's that phone's camera and should look a lot cleaner, right? But if you're recording another video, even if it's a really clean, crisp video, you're still going to have some digitization to it where it gets kind of pixely and blocky looking which is kind of how Amber's looks right right yeah but again in the moment you're not going to pay attention to those details right and maybe on a first watch you might pick up on it but just like okay maybe it's just a crappy phone or something uh uh Back to the stupidity a little bit with Tara when she's on the phone answering the questions and then she Googled it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'd think that the killer was watching her because she said it wasn't Amber. And, oh, maybe not because it's a cloned phone. Right. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so... Guys, surprised by Richie being the healer then? Yeah. Yeah. So we know where I stand, right? I usually opt not to try to figure things out. Right. Because I like the surprise. And sometimes, like with Amber, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. No, not Richie. <laughs> but, I mean, at that point, who else could it be? Right. Because, like, Tara's not likely. Right. At all. And Sam isn't very likely, because we've seen her. Yeah. And then, obviously not Sydney or Gail, because we've played with that idea far too much for it to be a thing. And like, it's just, they've been through this too much for them to want to do that. It would not make any okay. sense. And they're talking about how, how they want no more movies, no more books, end it. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's an exit for them. Like, we're done. So they're already working on six. Jeez. Ah! But, like, I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah. I, it's, for me, this is like with The Office when they brought in the new writing crew. It, you know, which four wasn't bad. I, I, liked, I like Scream 4. Yeah. It's my second, third favorite. Which one's your favorite? Scream. Duh. The original? Mm-hmm. Although, it might be this one, too. Yeah. I'd have to evaluate a little bit. Um, but I'm excited. Like, this is a good writing crew. 
know, we've got opportunity to do some fresh stuff. What are things you'd like to see in the next one? Because you're probably going to end up watching it anyways, despite you saying you don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in the next one, I kind of want to see a scene with a funeral for somebody, and everybody's dressed up different. as Ghostface, and then the two killers are there, and they end up killing a bunch of people, and nobody knows who the killers are, which ones are the killers, right? That, that would, be, would be cool. That would be a fun scene. Yeah. That would be cool. I just want to figure out who was in the pack of that ambulance at the end. Because they're putting Indy in an ambulance. It was Chad. We already explained how it was Chad. <laughs> I, I think it was, if I remember correctly. I, I missed that part today. I was really into trying to get my mini painting done, and I had to take a break because like, I was almost done. And I had to go back and watch the end fight scene to, for, for reasons that we might talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about it. Nobody else <clears throat> was there, but it didn't look like Chad. No, I, th I think Chad survives. I think maybe like Randy, how they kept him for the first one, but then killed him in the second one. I think they might do that with Mindy and Chad. Yeah. Yeah. At least Mindy. So you want to know something funny? about yeah. that so what rule does uh, Scream 4 introduce that everybody kind of questions uh, I don't know I don't really remember that these days five of horror movie pretty much have to be gay oh yeah, yeah. and Mindy's gay mm. <laughs> I think that's a funny little touch yeah. To reach back into the rules from the previous movies. Which they do quite a bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, anything else that you want to see in the next one? I don't know. I really want all the killers from all the other movies to come back. Like Supernatural? Yeah. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's my favorite that's part about scary watch. movies. That's why we didn't watch I Will Always Know because it comes back to like this zombie it thing. just dumb. Yeah. It was one of those ones that like you can end after the second one because it doesn't have any of the original characters or it doesn't have any of the original actors. I don't know if they're the same characters or not. Right. But the killer comes back as a zombie and it just I have no interest in it. Yeah. The only part that I'm excited for that is I want to see the, what the killer looks like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can do that. Maybe. At least look up pictures. <laughs> but, so you I wanna like see... undead? Yeah. I want to see more characters like Dewey and Richie. But don't kill them this time. <laughs> yeah. Or make them the bad guy. Yeah. Because that's the worst part about movies. The characters that I always like always end up being the killers or being killed. So, here's something I would like to see. Yeah. Especially since they're filming so close, which is fairly common with horror movies, especially franchise ones. Um, especially in the 80s, you see a lot of them that have like a six-month window to make the new movie in. Yeah. 
But I would like to see a pickup from where this one ends. Mm-hmm. So, like how Last Jedi picks up right where Force Awakens left off. Yeah. Or uh, Halloween Kills does also. Yeah. Picks up where the previous one left off. I want to see it pick up and let's kill Sydney. Yeah. I like I, I talked about how that would be expected so yeah. much and like maybe why they chose not to do that. Yeah. But like I think that would be interesting. I want Sydney or Gail to die because I never know which one's which. <laughs> Except for in the end I was using those shirts to tell them apart. Yeah. Um but no, like I, I so one of the things I thought would be interesting for this one was if you opened with Sydney being killed. Right. But also I want to see like this isn't just these two killers that's like carry it over. Have it be like a cult of yeah. Ghostface or something. That's what yeah. you thought five was gonna be. That that's something I thought might happen in this one because you had all, in the trailer they showed footage of stab eight. Oh, yeah. As part of the trailer to, you know, as being part of this movie. So I'm like, oh, that would be so cool to just have a whole bunch of killers. And it's, like, almost overwhelming. But I do, I want to see that for Sydney. Like, there's just so many killers that she isn't capable of fighting back properly against them because it's just too much. Yeah. Yeah, And that's how she ends up dying. That's kind of why I want the... Because it, it maintains that legendary status, that, that legacy status that she has, that legendary yeah. character that can fight through anything. But it also brings her back down to being a human person. Yeah. Who can die. That's kind of why I want to see all the killers come back and be like just this big mob of killers. And... They just go through the town and they like wipe out the entire town because there's so many. And that's why I want the funeral scene because there's like all the zombie killers all spaced out. Oh, and then they just start killing people. Yeah. So they kill like almost everybody there. I kind of liked the scene where Mindy was watching Stab 1 and Grandy was in it. Because Grandy was watching another movie and saying, look behind you, and got stabbed well, at the same time Mindy does. I kind of like exactly that. Uh, how that goes, except Mindy is like, oh, wait, I should be yeah. learning something yeah. here. And also, Randy doesn't get stabbed in that and that part, I don't believe. Yeah, but Ghostface is behind him. Yeah, because yeah, Ghostface leaves the room. Yeah. For reasons, I forget. He went and killed the the guy who carried the camera. The camera guy. Mm. So, uh, what else? So, on the supernatural aspect, what did you think of the Billy inclusion? Uh... I kind of liked it, and also I really want to see a scene 
where she becomes one of the killers. Meh. Meh. <laughs> neither here nor there about it. Yeah, I kind of like that it included and that it brought in a new rule. But it didn't need to happen. So, do you think Billu is an actual ghost or just part of her mind? Part of her brain. An actual ghost. Why? Uh, because um, humans can't actually see ghosts unless they have a near-death experience. And so, and he always appears in mirrors. So, appears in mirrors, which movies like to do that a lot as a metaphor for a reflection of yourself. Yeah. Ghosts are often represented as how they looked when they died, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that could just, and... Maybe it could be a ghost because of that, because she wouldn't see him die, and your brain, and your brain doesn't make make up faces and make things up. So I mean, it could. Yeah. Right. Like it would be weird if we had this other character who she thinks is Billy, like that. That people wouldn't be as accepting of that. Yeah. I personally think that he is a figment of her imagination. Right. A lot of people think that he's actually a ghost. And the reason why is because at the end. Yeah. When her and Richie fall on the mm -hmm. floor and she starts moving towards the door and she looks up in the mirror and sees Billy and he looks at the knife. Yeah. That's why I was paying attention to the end. Because... When she comes out of the closet to attack him, she does knock the knife out of his hand and it goes all the way down to the floor level, yeah. the main floor level, and it assumes, and we are to assume that it flies all the way across the room. Yeah. Which could happen. Not very likely. Not likely. But 99% but you know is not 100. I can suspend my disbelief enough for that to be rational. Yeah. But... Her brain, on a subconscious level, saw that happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, could have, in her periphery of her vision and her mind operating, seen the knife go under the curtain. So then, her looking at the mirror and seeing that, if it's a piece of her subconscious mind, yeah. she would know that the knife was there and tell herself to look there. Right. Kind of. He, he almost, uh, Billy almost operates as her instincts in a way, yeah. in a lot of ways in the movie. And also, I think that in the car scene, um, where Billy's in the car with her, uh, this is more of why I think Billy is a ghost, because uh, she hits the brakes, aches, and I think that it's Billy possessing her to hit the brakes. That could be a little bit, but also for using Billy as, as her instincts, right? Yeah. Um, a, a avatar of her instincts, if you will, that would still make sense too, right? Yeah. Not to say that you're wrong, it just 
these are the two perspectives that we have, and here's how those both work, right? And I yes. think I know, and I get this came to me. Uh, so, in the beginning, when uh, she's talking to Tara about how Billy's her dad, and Richie isn't freaked out about that, I think it, it's because of af- after the second time watching it, I think that it has something to do with uh, Richie being the killer. Probably, and the, that's that thing, you know, going back and rewatching things. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of tried to pay attention a little bit when I was when I was paying attention to Richie's reactions to see if there were any cues there. Yeah. He said he was kind of freaked out, and that could be true still. Cause. Well, and uh, when she's telling her, isn't he's out of the room, right? Yeah. Listening on the other side? Yeah. So we don't actually get to see what his reaction should be, right? We're just getting a reaction of him telling her or, or, or getting him telling her that, yeah, I'm a little freaked out, which uh, I guess, I mean. And also, um, the first rule that um, Dewey said was don't trust the love interest. But, uh, Richie said, thought, said, uh, don't split up, which is, he said, Rules. the opposite of what Dewey said. Yep. He did a good job pulling it off acting scared, though, too. Right. Well, I mean, some of those instances, there probably was a little bit of actual fear there, and you just give in to that and amp it up. Right. Yeah. Uh, I thought I had another thought there. So, what do we think of the rules in this one? They're kind of all over the place. Yeah. As far as, like, where they're coming from, because, um, Dewey gives a few rules, Mm -hmm. right? But Mindy also gives some rules. Yeah. I think it might depend on the character and their position in the story. How so? Like... If you're kind of just a background character, you, or, or you could have different rules than maybe like a main character or the expert. Maybe. And then there's the cop rules, which is explained in the fourth one, I think. Uh, it's either the third one or the, I mean, second or fourth one. Well, so here's a difference though too, right? Yeah. Dewey isn't giving rules for horror movies. Dewey's giving rules for Scream. Stab movies. Not Stab, Scream. That's their real life. He's giving the rules for their life. Yeah. Then, Mindy is giving the rules for the movie. The requel. Yes. She's giving the in-movie rules. Which, I mean, I don't get the love interest rule. Because it's only the first one. So if you're doing a a touchback to it, that would make sense. But... Only the original and the requel. But the other movies are still canon. Yeah. With this. Because that's one of the things with the requel is that it's resetting the timeline. 
right? Yeah. The original one still exists, but everything after that doesn't. Yeah. Is what that is what a requel does. That's why it's it's a sequel that's redoing a franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but this breaks that rule because the other movies are canon, which can't pretend that three isn't anymore but I'm giving three a lot more leeway now yeah anything else in particular you Uh, want to touch on two more things that I want to talk about I only give you one (laughs) (laughs) go ahead so the first one is another reason that I dislike these movies is because uh, they're putting out more stab movies before the killers come out and I just don't really like that about it mm, so that's an interesting thing right because they are at eight at this point yeah and you know four jump through a bunch but again going back to when I introduced um, that they're making a six already that um, slasher franchises that were big in the 80s, specifically. Um, like I said, they like back to back to back filming on a lot of these. Yeah. So it's kind of making fun of that a little bit or, or commenting on it very loosely. And another thing, my other thing, and this I like about this movie. So in the first one, Billy was Sydney's boyfriend and uh so Sam and she was the killer and Sam was Richie's boyfriend and Richie was the killer and it's kind of related yeah and that's kind of the point of it too right yeah yeah is to it's touching back on the first one so this one's more of a soft reboot than four was yeah because Sydney and Gail are presumably leaving. Mm-hmm. They're not coming back no matter what. They're, all right, we're done. We're letting this go. Um, Sam is taking the reins as the heroine. Yeah. Uh, and Tara, so they're kind of like the Gail and Sydney. Mm-hmm. We don't have a Dewey now. Yet. Yeah. And... What else? And, you know, bringing it back to the original houses and all these things, right? All the things. Weren't they still on eight and, or like writing eight and four? Uh, I mean, it, I don't know. Because it started with. Well, it jumped through a whole bunch, right? Yeah. And ended at seven. Uh Uh-huh. So maybe they took some time off, but then as often happens with these things, especially nowadays, we want to bring it back. So they did a sequel, Scream or Stab 8, but they just called it Stab. And and there's a lot of movies that have taken, like been reboots, but they have nothing to do with the franchise that they're like from. Stab 8 was? Yeah, so um, Wrong Turn is an example of that. The original wrong turn is inbred mutant hillbillies that are, you know, 
killing people. Yeah. And then the new one, the reboot, has the same title, Wrong Turn, but it nothing like that at all. Yeah. It's like a community that these people stumble upon and get caught up in their life and I don't know, it's kind of weird. Yeah. It's not bad, but it's, it's just it weird. completely way off the mark from what the original one, original franchise was. And in a way, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But very much could have just made it its own thing and not attached it to a franchise. Yeah. And there's a lot of movies that they pull a script that had nothing to do with the original franchise. Hellraiser is notorious for this. That they impose the characters into. I have a question about movies based on books. Answer. <laughs> uh, <Nailed it. laughs> so, so there's a lot of movies that are based on books, right? Mm-hmm. Like some of the original Hunt. stab movies. But I don't really see any books based on movies. Well, there are. They're called novelizations. And and I, Star Wars is a great example of that. Yeah. Right? So you've got the books that are written to coincide with their movies. Yeah. Like, what's one of Mommy's favorite books? Uh, The Princess Bride. Rogue One. Rogue One. <laughs> Which is, you know, movie and a book. Yeah. But movie first then book but Star Wars also has this growing library of books that are associated with it and comic books and TV shows and but mommy and I just recorded The Omen which is going to come out after this after our hiatus um that movie first and book written to go along with the movie yeah so they are in Jurassic well Jurassic Park does both because <laughs> there's a Jurassic Park book that came out before the movie but you also have the junior novelization right for Jurassic World and and Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park oh and Jurassic so, and that's going to follow the movie more, but I don't know about the junior one, but a lot of times with the novelization, you get more internal monologue and, and stuff, internal thoughts, right. than you normally would with a movie. Those things that you, are just difficult to do with the movie. Yeah. So it does happen. It's just, you, you know, sometimes why do the novelization if you watch the movie? Even though, a lot of instances, it's still a lot better. Mm-hmm. Like, we discovered with The Omen, the book is so much better than the movie. That's not to say that the movie's bad, it's just so condensed and you don't get some of the focus that you need on some of the other aspects. Yeah. That help and give more weight to other things that are happening. Last call? Nope. No. Nope. Final thoughts? Nope. Are you excited for the next game? Meh. No. I am. I kind of am.
and that's the funeral scene, then no. Well, and, like, that would be interesting, because that's not yeah. something we're used to seeing in Scream. It is a horror trope, but it's not one that we've seen in Scream yet. Yeah. It even happens in a lot of, of slasher movies. Mm-hmm. Especially Wes Craven's. Why have we not done that yet? Where are you people at? <laughs> uh, we can skip doing those, because you're not going to get a lot of them. A lot of what? Uh, the Easter eggs and references, which is another thing that requels do, is that they reference, usually within their own franchise, but they'll reference other horror movies a lot in them. Yeah. As kind of a, um, not necessarily nostalgia bait, but it creates that sense of nostalgia, so... Has it mentioned the Babadook and Child's Play, didn't it? It mentions those, but like... It, you might recognize one because you and I did Christine mm. with the car and the yeah. way it lights up and the music playing and it's like that car is coming to life. Yeah. They, they called it a reference to something else in one of the other podcasts I was listening to, but I don't remember what. It makes sense, but I think it's more of a reference to Christine to get outside of, and you know, John Carpenter. There's a lot of John Carpenter reference because Sam and Tara's last name is Carpenter. Yeah. Um, you've got Wes for Wes Craven, who's the original director of the Scream movies. Hmm. Up until, you know, he, 4 was the last movie he made before he passed away. Yeah. Um, probably. Like, I feel like Liv is a reference to something, but I just can't place it. I'm not sure what it is. I like it. I'm sure it's short for Olivia, and I'm sure that's a reference to something that I just can't get there. Yeah. Um, what else? Well, since we're doing it anyways, some of the ones that I picked up on references. Uh, Elm Street, again, is another Wes yeah. Craven reference. Uh, the Psycho scene, which you guys haven't seen that yet. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, they they make references to it being like Halloween. Mm, yeah. And I have two final thoughts on it. Again? <laughs> That's so, four final thoughts, homie. So, uh, one was uh, Elm Street. Con- the first thing that I thought of was Nightmare on Elm Street. Which... That's what it's referencing. So you did pick up on that even though we haven't watched those yet? Yeah. Nice. And I'm sure there's a ton of other ones. Oh, that kind of knives out. Although that one's not really a horror movie. Mm-hmm. But it's that's also an inside joke. Because the guys who actually did this movie, Radio Silence, they did a movie called Ready or Not. Which apparently people get confused with Knives Out somehow. Yeah. Second thought? Uh, I forgot. But it was on something you were saying right before. My first thought. With the Easter eggs and references? No. I don't remember, but... Yeah. (laughs) Do you want to move on? Yeah. Okay. I guess we're going to wrap that up there then. So... 
thanks for listening. Um, I kind of touched on it before. We're going to take another little hiatus after this. I just need to take some time. I'm making some personal changes, and that requires me to restructure my life and reschedule things and, and also kind of give us time. I try to have a backlog on these. Yeah. So that way we're not scrambling to get stuff done and we've got room to think and stew on things. Um, I forget, where were we going after this? Jaws. Was it Jaws? Yeah. So after this, we will be exploring Jaws with the monsters. Um, the wife and I are doing the Omen series and we got to figure out where we're going from there. Um, one of the things that we're doing in the hiatus is trying to get the other channel going too, again, and figure out what we're doing with that. Yeah. So, again, thanks for listening. Follow the Twitter to keep up on news. That's usually where we do that. And toodles. Bye. Bye.